Welcome to episode four of Uprooted from Oakland. Um, a lot has changed since we last spoke just five days ago. Uh, the previously announced binding deal has been thrown away in favor of a deal the A's had reportedly turned down already because it wasn't good. It wasn't a good idea. Evidently, it's now a good idea. And it is worth noting that the term binding was used pretty loosely and largely misreported. There were previous deal was only binding if certain conditions were met, namely the approval of $500 million in public funding. So since they never met that, there was no binding deal. Um, in fact, they never even proposed legislation to ask for the money, um, let alone actually got it. So regardless, it's still a bad look for Cavill and Fisher, but it wasn't um, as binding as everybody has said. Which leads us to the current best option, supposedly, a nine-acre portion of a larger plot where the Tropicana currently resides. They will supposedly not have to pay for the land. And some reports um, say the deal structure will also mean they won't actually own the ballpark. I'm not sure how much of that is speculation and how much of that is actual um, insider information because the A's have said absolutely nothing about anything um, since three weeks ago. Um, it's by far the smallest piece of land they've officially announced um, and is in direct contrast to everything Dave Cavill has said publicly about this project. In fact, on April 20th, he said the following during a local news broadcast. And that you've purchased for the stadium fits in with what you have said all along, either on the strip or strip adjacent. In this case, it's strip adjacent, which I think benefits the local community and local fans a little more in terms of getting in and out of the stadium. How much was that a factor as you started to narrow down the sites of where you were going to build? In many ways, it was the top consideration. That and the fact that we have enough land to do a ballpark village, which we think makes it a, a full year-round attraction, were the two key items. When we did focus groups, interviews, we interviewed thousands of people in the local community. We heard loud and clear, make it easy to get to. Ingress, egress, parking, where am I gonna be? How's it gonna work? I don't wanna sit in traffic for an hour. And this site provides all of that. And I think will be a very easy place for people to get to and come to games uh, regularly. That was three weeks ago and he's already abandoned that project. And he's abandoned every aspect of that deal, which he said was critical and of the utmost importance. Cavill's repeatedly told reporters and fans that the only path for success for this team was for the A's to actually own their park and have the ability to create ancillary developments in the surrounding area. Okay, that was how they were going to finance the team. This new deal fails on both of those issues. So we have to ask ourselves uh, if this increased payroll was going to be tied to all of this extra revenue um, from outside sources. How will investments into the team be paid for now? And I think everybody in this room knows what the answer to that is. There will be no investments in the team. Today, the Port Authority held a meeting that also included discussion on extending the exclusive negotiation agreement with the A's for Howard Terminal, which is set to expire tomorrow at midnight. There was no extension requested or granted, which was expected. Um, many public speakers zoomed in with the bulk, um, if not all, of the anti-A's callers representing trade unions. All the pro-A's um, uh, callers were local residents and local business people and stuff like that. And it is beyond a doubt clear that the A's have tarnished the reputation um, irreparably probably under this ownership group with their parallel paths in Vegas. Every pro uh, A's comment in today's meeting mentioned how upset they were at the A's for all this stuff in Vegas. And lastly, uh, NorCal Nodders, who was a guest on episode three of this show. It was a, a fun episode. You should check it out if you haven't. 
He noticed today that Cavill has removed the Oakland banner from his Twitter profile and replaced it with a photo of a base. And this isn't really news per se, but it does indicate that Cavill is at least spending some time on Twitter, um, even if he is hiding from fans, um, just like John Fisher does. I have mentioned in previous episodes that I reached out to Dave for an interview in early April. We have had an interview just about every year he's been president, uh, except for the COVID years, and uh, he ghosted that request. I was not surprised. Our last interview did not make him come off particularly well. Um, Since our last episode, I sent him four questions to answer in print. I thought, all right, you don't want to interview me? Just answer these four questions, and uh, I'll, I'll print it. It'll just be a quick thing. It'll take you 10 minutes. Um, he ghosted that request as well so far. What were these heavy hitting questions that I requested comment on? One, how are you handling the outside development, which was the linchpin of your team's success? You know, you got nine acres. It's going to take the full nine acres for the stadium. How are you going to do that? Two, do you plan to request an extension for Howard Terminal negotiations? We already see that that didn't happen, so I guess he didn't need to answer it. Three, why are the A's eager to accept this deal, which requires $380 million in public funds, while walking away from Oakland, who'd already secured a similar total? And four, has there been any recent consideration in building at the current site as a means to expedite the process? If you're concerned that Howard Terminal's taking too long, uh, the current Coliseum site is going to take much less. And if you're willing to forego all of the development and outside surrounding uh, real estate to go to Vegas, why not just stay exactly where you are? These are the tough questions Cavill is refusing to answer. And I think it's something smells fishy with the A's right now. Um, and to chat with me about it, we have our most geographically diverse panel yet. We have Stu from Vacaville. We have Michael from Virginia. And we have Chad from Chile. Welcome, guys. Hey, right on, man. Thanks for the invite, man. Appreciate it, man. From down here south of the equator, man. <laughs> yeah, Tony, thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. All are welcome here. And especially if your name is Cavill or Fisher. <laughs> so what are you thinking with uh, the recent flip-flop from the the binding deal that they had three weeks ago to all of a sudden all that's out the window? I think that there's some inept people trying to <laughs> they're just gonna screw this up like they've screwed up every other stadium proposal that they've that they've had. I I'll believe there's a they're moving to Las Vegas when the shovels hit the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, I it just seems from all the coverage that uh the team has really over overplayed their hand. I don't think they were ready to to go into any of this. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Tony. I mean, it's it's been in a chorus of ineptitude, right? For right. for many many a year. I mean, we you know we don't have to go through the the roster of uh, of, of potential uh, A's stadium sites such as Laney College, Fremont, San Jose. Um, you know, and, and, and right there on the Coliseum, even talking about it years ago. And so, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, you know, this, uh, I think the gentleman talked about, you know, shoveling the dirt, man, I don't even think they can get that far, man. I really don't. I mean, the, the way that the, this team Cavill and Fisher, this, you know, the front office does business. I don't, I don't know too many more people who are going to want to do business with them. Really? <laughs> It does, and especially since they've got they've got like twenty five days or whatever it is to get something through 
the Las Vegas legislature before the end of their session, or they have to call a special session. And I've seen some people say that the governor would be open to it. I've seen some people say the governor's not open to it. I don't know. I'm not in Vegas to know or Nevada. But the fact that they're trying to push this through with no plan, no design, no nothing to address the concerns that, that Cavill three weeks ago said, the residents are concerned about ingress and egress and they want to make it a year round destination. And now he's abandoned all that because he's put it right at the heart of the strip. The last site that they that they had the binding agreement for was uh, on the other side of the freeway even. So it was like near the strip, you know, you could see the strip from there, but it was it was definitely far enough away where it wasn't going to be a huge hassle. But from what I've heard, locals don't want to go to the strip and they definitely don't want to go if there's 30,000 extra people on that little corner that's already congested without a baseball stadium. I just don't see how the the yeah. Nevada legislature is going to go for this it, it, like in such a hurry, you know? I mean, why wasn't this all done many, many weeks ago, many months ago? I mean, they've been down there, right? Cavill's been tweeting from Vegas. He's been tweeting from here. They've been down there how many times on business trips, yeah. right? And all this isn't done. It just, it just, it reeks of ineptitude. And, uh, and it's just, and, and, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, as, as a fan down here, man, you know, from the Bay area, going to the Coliseum for many years in the eighties, nineties, 2000s man you know um it, it hurts man to see them bumble along like this but I, I think it's eventually and you guys could obviously chime in on this man i think it's eventually going to lead back to oakland somehow i just don't know how but it just seems like it's something's going to happen here because these guys are so inept yeah i mean unless unless the lobbyists and consultants that they hired uh in nevada are the best in the country. I can't see um, a road forward for them in Nevada, just because they haven't they haven't shown anything. Um, I mean, just not having legislation and yet this close to the end is is uh, a really really bad sign. You know, I believe from the start that the Vegas thing has just been a bluff to squeeze as much money as they can out of Oakland. I think, um, like Chad said, they're, um, they overplayed their hand, which is something that we've seen from these ham-fisted morons time and time again. Um, it just – I would love to see Las Vegas get an expansion team. I'd love to see John Fisher own that expansion team, and I'd love to see them place in the AL West so we can beat that ass all day long. <laughs> I mean, oh, I've been man. saying that for weeks that they should force him to sell the A's and and sell him the expansion team for like one billion dollars instead of the two billion dollars, and that he can still make some money off of that sale. He gets to keep a team, he gets to have Vegas, and they can keep you know the A's franchise and get some owners that'll actually do something. Because I also think if if the team sold tomorrow, Oakland would be open to negotiations tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. like they're not out of this; they're just calling their bluff. And why wouldn't they? Yeah, you and know? they have leverage. They have they some have, leverage because the Coliseum well, lease is up in 2024. I I was uh, I had a couple of tweets back and forth with Casey Pratt today because we were talking about how, you know, just because this ENA is expired doesn't mean that the city can't still negotiate with the A's for Howard Terminal unless they enter into an ENA with somebody else. But now what it does is you already had the A's at zero leverage. 
I told I this this morning when I woke up, I said they have no leverage at all. And now they somehow have less because without that ENA, Oakland can come back and say, yeah, you're not the only person we're talking to anymore about Howard Terminal. So you can build on the Coliseum site today or we can still keep dragging this along at Howard Terminal for however long it takes. You know, so they played they overplayed their hand in Oakland. I think if, if Vegas has any sense at all or Nevada in general has any sense at all. They should already be tired of of this, you know, uh, this roulette that they're playing with all the, the the sites. You know, announce something when you've got a deal. Stop announcing things when you just have an idea. You know, they did that with Laney, and it bit them in the butt so fast, and yet they st- they still continue to do it. That that still to me is one of the all time hilarious episodes of a press conference being held and saying that you're going to build on a piece of land. And then Laney Cowan would say, what, 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 wait a minute, what? Wait a minute, we're, we're on this land and you can't have this land. I mean, exactly. how inept do you have to be to, uh, I thought I thought it was like a Saturday Night Live skit or something, really. I mean, it was like, I was like, wait a minute, no. You didn't just say that you were going to build on a piece of land that's not for sale, right? No, but <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been an SNL sketch because it's not funny. Um, right. as, as fiction, because you'd sit there and you'd go, what idiot would ever do this? Right. You know, like, this isn't believable. Humor's got to be at least a little bit believable. But this was like, this is even too stupid. You know, it was, it, oh, it was so dumb. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, E in the chat is kind of mirroring something that Casey said in a video. They said they basically gifted Oakland $100 million um, with the EIR and the BCDC restrictions gone. Um, that Oakland can just keep. The A's got you know, the, the government to lift the restrictions on that spot. They got the EI, the environmental impact report. They got all that stuff done. Oakland can still use all that stuff. And plus Cavill was saying they were spending $2 million a month on this thing. So that was just a gift for this cash strap team to just give a city that they don't even want to be in hundreds of millions of dollars worth of legwork and legislation and movement forward to the next project that goes there, regardless of what it is. Fisher to me kind of comes off as like a like a like a cast strapped guy. I mean, but he's an owner of a baseball team, right? And he just the way that they move around and the way that they uh, have binding agreements and then move it to another and this and this whole parallel paths from the beginning uh, is a terrible, terrible way to do things, right? In business, in relationships, in life. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm on a parallel path. It's like I'm like dating two people at one time and I'm going to pick one, you know, it's like horrible, dude. So I, I just, I, I have a feeling something else is going on, Tony. I mean, you have probably much more insight into this, but just from the, from what I can tell and from what I hear from my, my, my brother still lives up there. And, uh, and I, and I, you know, read the, uh, some of the same articles you probably do, but you're very deep into it. You know, it seems like Fisher, I mean, if he had, plenty of money already and say it's going to be privately financed but where is the plan where's the business plan that's why i don't know that i have any more insights but i I definitely have the same speculations that a lot of people have that he's maybe overextended COVID hurt him more than he thought it would Mm -hmm. you know he had to take out loans against the a's and the earthquakes and, and pay people through that pandemic you know he was pressured to pay his minor league players through the pandemic um for a season that didn't happen plus he had the half season point. with no uh, no no gate at the Coliseum, so you know he's a little bit overextended. The gap stock is is falling. He might not. I mean, he's still a billionaire, but he might not have the liquidity that he had when this whole thing started five years ago. 
There you go. And it's all about liquidity, isn't it? Most yeah, especially when you're looking for a billion dollar loan from a bank to build a stadium. <laughs> and he may not be able to get that loan. I mean, on top of the fact that it's harder to get those loans than it was five years ago. And the prices just keep going up. No bank's going to look at this project and go, there's no way this is a billion dollar project anymore. This is a $1.2 billion project or whatever. You know, you're just going to be coming and asking us for more money in a year and a half. So that, that could be the real issue behind it is they think maybe they can get way more money out of Nevada than they can get out of California and Oakland, which might be true. But they the Raiders just barely got it. They got it by one vote, you know. And that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths in Nevada. So who knows what the actual appetite is for doing this for the A's? I think it really depends on how much um, how much influence the governor in Nevada has over the legislature. Um, if he decides, you know, if they don't get it done this session and they have to go into a special session, you know. It, it kind of seems like the governor is somewhat receptive to the idea of the team moving mm -hmm. to Las Vegas. Um, it's just whether or not he has the political clout with the members of the legislature, especially of his party, uh, to kind of push that deal through. I wonder if the governor is receptive because the, to me, Nevada is a bit of a long shot for expansion. Um, I've always thought it was a bunch of BS that it, they were just leveraging one against the other because who in their right mind would leave the, what is it, fifth, sixth biggest media market in the country and go to number 40 right? Um, and leave the Bay Area home to, I don't know how many dozens of multi-billion dollar corporations that are um, more than willing to buy luxury boxes and be corporate sponsors for Nevada, where I'm no expert on Las Vegas finances or economics, how, but I'm not aware of any, you know, huge corporations that are based in Las Vegas. Um, I just think, I don't know that they would get an expansion team. I wonder if they're seeing this as their one shot to bring in Major League Baseball. Well, I always thought that the the whole thing was a two-pronged uh, play. You go after Vegas because you can uh, use it to leverage Oakland to give you what you want, and you can also get the A's to do the legwork for um, testing the waters for an eventual expansion. Right. They they can do all the feasibility studies in the name of relocation. But when everything pans out fine in Oakland, now it's, you know, it's information about an expansion team. Um, but I also think at this point, just looking at the response I'm seeing online from people in Las Vegas, that they might be overselling how how receptive the area is and how valuable baseball is. You know, it's they keep saying, you know, oh, well, the Raiders have high ticket prices and they sell out. Well, they sell out to like a huge percentage is visiting teams, which and you there's only eight games. Yeah, and you and you mm -hmm. can't you can't bank on that on a Tuesday night in May against no. some no. other small market team. You know, like the Baltimore Orioles are not going to be bringing you enough fans for a midweek thing to cover three games. You know, I mean, yeah. Week. Let's be serious. I mean, MLB is not. I mean, the NFL is king, right? In the U.S., mm -hmm. NFL is king. NBA is right behind it. OK, they got their own expansion team with hockey, 
So they feel like that team is theirs, you know, um, you know, maybe they're not you know, the reception from the, and, 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 and also understand, man, the, the economic times aren't the greatest right now. Right. Yeah. So, so that in itself, people are going to be like, oh, okay, now we want to, now you want to give out some more money, but let's be serious. Who runs Vegas? The casinos mm-hmm. run Vegas. Always and have. Why would the casinos want a baseball team there? That's three hours that people are not pulling the <laughs> one arm bandit. I did. I yeah. did the math. I did the math. If if you just assume every game's a sellout and that twenty thousand of those people are over twenty one, that pulls uh, people away from the casino. And let's say three and a half hours. You know, you factor travel time, getting back to the strip, the game itself. If you factor all that in, that takes over five. Like it was like five point eight or something million hours away from tourists being in your location. These people, you know, I. Uh, when the show Jersey Boys went to Vegas, they said you need to get it down to like 80 minutes because they didn't want people off the casino floor watching this Broadway yeah. show for the two hours and 10 minutes or whatever, you know, it really was. And they said no. And they, they made a whole bunch of, uh, of alterations to the show and stuff to speed it up. So they got it down to like an hour, a tight hour and a half or a hundred minutes or something like that. And that was a decent enough concession for them. Um, so if the if the casinos are not willing to take up that that one extra hour, why would they be willing to take the extra two two and a half hours? You know, times thirty thousand people. People see Jersey Boys. That's like three or four five thousand seat theater. Now you've gotten thirty thousand people away for three and a half hours, eighty one days out of the year. It just doesn't make sense unless they own a yeah. piece of the team, which they won't right. in this case. Yeah, and they and they get some taxes taken away from them and given to the A's and all this kind of stuff. I don't know, man. It just it just seems like a pipe dream a little bit. I mean, when it comes down to, you know, um, dealing with the casinos, uh, where the land is, you know, and and I think you mentioned it, Tony, the first time I heard it, man, that they this new uh, binding agreement. <laughs> what's binding to Dave Cavall, really? Yeah. I mean, what's binding? What as an A's fan, you got you. Know, there's nothing. There's nothing binding with this guy. I mean, he, to me, my first impression of him when he came over was like, you know, used car salesman. He mm-hmm. just comes off like that. He comes off like used car salesman. Oh, I'm going to open my doors and and have office hours. You could come knock on my door. We'll talk about the A's and and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, who is this guy? You know, um, and he started off nice, got the treehouse done, which was cool. Um, and but then but then, you know, this it's just um I, I think that I think that his reputation is now preceding him. Uh, the A's resume does not look good. Their their uh, um, their hit list, man. You know, of all the failures so far of what they said they're going to do. You know, Vegas is taking taking note of this, man. And uh, this is going to be a really hard sell down there. It's going to be a really hard sell. Yeah. I mean, they not only are they selling a move, taking public funds, but they're also selling taking a team to a new city, trying to establish a fan base that has at least three years of a rebuild for the roster. You know, um, it's just not going to be a good product for the first, you know, two or three seasons that they're there. And, you know, and then they're going to expect people to come in, you know, kind of the honeymoon, as I've heard people say, of a brand new stadium will be worn off by that point. Um, So it's just... It's tough. Yeah. I also don't think the, the in Vegas that a baseball stadium is going to have the same honeymoon period that it would have in almost any other city. 
especially for somebody else's team. You know, the reason the Golden Knights are doing so well in Vegas is because the the, the locals can build around them. That's their team. It's, you know, it's their mm-hmm. hockey team. That's not going to be the case with the A's. So that honeymoon period is going to be, it, it sure I think, short-lived. It sure didn't hurt the Knights that they made the Stanley Cup finals in their first season. Yeah. Right. Right. They started out getting, yeah. a, you know, a, a ball of fire. Um, I'm wondering, though, if what happens is what happened um, in Tampa and Denver. Denver was a much rumored uh, place where teams were going to relocate. And then St. Pete, I mean, right, the uh, White Sox were going to go there. The Giants were going to go there. Eventually, they both ended up with expansion teams. I wonder if that's what's in play. Although, I'll go back to, I don't really think Vegas is a great expansion candidate. I think there's a lot better ones out there. I think Nashville, I think uh, Montreal are both much better expansion candidates. Um, There's many, many uh, cities that have a, are in a much bigger television. Heck, Sacramento is a much bigger television media market than Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we just, I live 30 minutes from Sacramento. That's not a major league city. Um, I mean, if you're in Vegas, who wants to go to the, I mean, why would you want to go to an A's game, right? I mean, think about it from like an objective point, right? I mean, you have the Knights, like you talked about, Tony, man, it's their team. Okay, it's their team. I could see an NBA team in Vegas before I see an MLB team in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see MLS there. I could see NBA for you know for sure. But right, um, and and it's such a different animal than the, the Raiders situation. Oh yeah. Um, if you're um, I don't know, pick a city, a Kansas City fan or a Kansas City native, and you're a you you might fly into Vegas once a year for a weekend when the Chiefs are in town. Um, but you're sure not going to go to Vegas on a Tuesday, Wednesday you know, Thursday weekday series to go see the Royals. Well, that's the thing is football, aside from it being eight or nine home games, they're also always near the weekend. So you can build your whole vacation around it and your team's only going there once. Right. Where, you know, if, if I'm a Seattle Mariners fan, my team will be playing in Vegas seven times. I'm not going to all seven of those games, you know, in three series or whatever, two series or whatever, you know? So it's, it's such a different beast. And, and the A's guy, who uh, is is a very well educated economist apparently, but he's the one throwing around these numbers that it's it's four hundred thousand new tourists every year, which is one percent, which is less than five thousand people a game. Like at first you're thinking, well, four hundred thousand new people on the strip that wouldn't come anyway, that's a pretty good deal. But when you factor in, it's five thousand people for eighty one days or less than five thousand. That's not really that big a take. When, especially that's when you not, spread it out over, yeah. When you spread it over thirty hotels or whatever there are on the strip, you know, it's like that's not really gonna. And and they're also not getting the tax benefit of of having that property going, you know, because it's go, That's that's going to be part of the financing deal. Apparently, is that the A's want to be paying taxes on that property, so they're getting a free property, or it's going to cost them a dollar. They're getting a free property. They're getting. $500 million, $380 million off of the paycheck of the stadium that they're supposedly not even going to own outright. And the city's getting really nothing in return. You know, those 400,000 people, uh, that growth does not really take off the uh, the expense that they're, they're putting in. You know, it take, it'll take years and years and years to cover that expense. Tony, you're, you're quoting Hal Gordon, the 
A's hot dog? No, I'm the, the actual guy that the A's have lobbying for them in Vegas. Oh, uh, gotcha. He's the one that came up with the 400,000 fans. Hal is the one that went and did some digging and found out that this guy's actually gonna, got like a doctor from Stanford gonna, or something. I was just going to add on the side. Yeah, he's um, just got his PhD in economics. Um, if you don't know or follow Hal Gordon, it's A's hot dog. He was on. Oh, and we just lost Stu. But that's okay. You should go follow Hal. He was on episode two yeah, of this uh, show. He's an excellent follow. And he kind of lends a little bit of a, a more economic side to it. And he's the one that had actually discovered um, that the guy they've got lobbying for them in Vegas has got like a doctorate in uh, economics or, or whatever whatever his doctorate is in. So he's not he's not some hack that they got. They, they got a good guy to do it. But I don't know where he's pulling these numbers. And, and 400,000 yeah. seems ambitious, but it also doesn't seem like enough. Sounds like a paid-for number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly – you have to take it for with a grain of salt when the people that are selling it to you are also the ones finding the numbers. Yeah. Right. It says uh, E in the chat says they're now structuring it to be uh, a site-agnostic tax package. It could be a tee-up to pass it off. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Vegas here, right? So, I mean, public numbers are one thing. What the real numbers in the back are, are another, right? When it comes to casinos, when it comes to this and that. So, um, you know, I there there's there's something here that's missing, obviously. Um, and uh, I don't know if Fisher and Caval can bring it up to you know can get this can get this. I don't have any confidence in them getting anything to the finish line. You know, um, you know, for the longest time, I talk to you guys about this, man. This is great. You know, for the longest time, I thought it was the Oakland City Council. I blame them a lot, you know, for for not, you know, being able to um, come to agreement on things and taking a long time and this and that in the city of Oakland, not being able to deal because, the, you know, the Warriors went across the bay, of course, and then um, the Raiders left. And 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 they're, you know, they're not, the you know, and so what I'm trying to get at is, the A's have a big part in this, man, in being not being able to get this done at a much earlier date. Um, and I, you know, and so I think the narrative has kind of changed. We're not talking about the city of Oakland anymore being bumbling around. We're talking about the actual Oakland Athletics bumbling around. Mm -hmm. And so now they've waited a long time to get this done, dragging their feet, and their lease is coming up 2024. No, I, so. I think the city definitely has some blame in this. There, there have mm -hmm. been things along the way that, that you know, they can they could have done faster or more efficiently or whatever. They're they're not totally without blame, but it's not mostly them. And I don't even think it's fifty fifty. Um, I talked to the vice mayor of Oakland. Um, I did an interview with Cavill last year, and he said mm -hmm. in it that the A's were uh, or the o city of Oakland was taking too long to get to their binding vote or whatever. And the vice mayor said that they received the paperwork from the Oakland A's the same day that he went public with the paperwork and they got to work immediately. And then he said, we need a vote by, I don't know, July 15th, whatever it was. And they got a vote scheduled by July 15th. So she's like, we have met them at every, he made these demands and we met them every step of the way, but he goes out in the public and makes the claims that, you know, they've been sitting on this for months. 
And she flat out told me, she said, ask him to produce the documents that he gave to us at any point earlier than when he made it public. You know, so like even even the stuff that we blame the city for, some of it is just, you know, mm-hmm. Cavill's propaganda or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that is yeah. that is pushing this narrative that the A's are always working. You know, they're working around the clock and they're getting things done quick and early and all that kind of stuff. But it's not necessarily true. And uh, I think that kind of stuff in the pub doing that in public probably, you know, bit him a little bit, too. Aside oh, from it ruins, it ruins the trust. Yeah. Ruins the trust. You, you know, know if, and then if, if if I can't say you're negotiating with me in good faith, why should I bend mm-hmm. over backwards to give you anything? Right. And why should I worry about a deadline if yeah. you're going to if you're going to um, you know uh, say something in public different than what we've talked about and what we've uh, what we've achieved you know behind closed doors you know that whole thing with the new mayor um, you know coming out and being blindsided yet again another example of them doing something um, you know in public different from how they negotiate in private and um, it's it's a it's a it's a trend. It's a trend. It's been a multi-year trend. And um, don't think Vegas ain't looking at this also. No, there's a constant moving of the goalposts. And you can see yes. that you can see that almost on a day-to-day basis at this point because we went from the A's will not survive unless we can build condos and a shopping center around the ballpark to, you know what, let's build it on a postage stamp and we don't need any of the other stuff. Well, which was it? You know, the fact that he can twist and turn – and maneuver and actually go on the news like I showed earlier, go on the news in Vegas and still spout off all this stuff and then turn it around within a matter of days. I mean, why would anybody want to deal with this guy? And if if, if he was in any other business, I don't understand why Fisher keeps him, because if he was in any other business, then he had the track record that he got and he was embarrassing a franchise worth over a billion dollars to the point that he is. He'd be fired. But for some reason, he's the golden child over there. It makes no sense. What's that say about Fisher? Well, it doesn't make sense that the the MLB lets Fisher stay either because he's embarrassing the entire game with the way he runs this team, you know? Yeah, that's a tough one because MLB, you know, in my, and, you know, I've dealt with MLB a little bit, man. I used to, I'd scout a little bit internationally down in the Dominican and uh, worked with MLB down there a little bit to get a couple kids signed. Um, And, that it is it is a, a, a extremely extremely close fraternity as you can imagine but the owners would have to you know all come together to get fisher out and manfred's just a he's a david cavall for the owners okay mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a, because he's hired by the owners like mm-hmm. the commissioner's hired by the owners now you know there's no there's no independent commissioners anymore well that's the, the thing last, is you don't have to giamatti giamatti was a uh, uh, probably more independent than anyone else yeah, but you, that's the mm-hmm. thing is people yeah. keep going. We need to petition Manfred or we need to convince Manfred. You don't need to convince Manfred. You need no. to convince 29 other owners. Yep. Yep. And if they yeah. come, if they come into his office and they go, Fisher's bad for baseball, get him out of here. He'll be gone tomorrow, but he's not going to do it on his own. I I'm old that, enough yeah. to remember when the commissioner had power and the commissioner's <laughs> main goal was the best interest of baseball. And now that changed when, they brought Bud Seelig in, and he now is the owner's lapdog. Mm-hmm. And the only way that John Fisher is going to not be the A's owner is if he chooses to sell or 
if there's some kind of very major scandal along the lines of Dan Snyder with the Washington Commanders. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what it's going to take. It, it'll yeah. take some huge it public takes like that. It takes embarrassment, right? I mean, uh, Snyder was an embarrassment after a while. Well, the, the, funny, the funny thing about that deal with Snyder is he had a deal done with the legislature here in Virginia um, until, one, all of his personal issues and business dealings, but also they leaked a uh, plan to buy property in Virginia that something like 85% of the county was against. Um, and it spooked some of the members in the legislature because it seemed like they were playing us against Maryland to get a better deal. It's the same, it's kind of the same deal that seems like it's going on right now with Fisher, Cavill, and uh, Las Vegas. But see, it seems like the, the Fisher and Cavill could have looked at that situation and went, you know what, we can do the exact same thing, but we'll do it better uh-huh. and it'll work for us. And it, and it might, but it, you know, but they, that's there's like an arrogance to this front office right now that makes me think that they looked at that as a model, not as some kind of dissuasion, you know? Yeah. So, Michael, you're in Virginia, and I think you said to me you just went to your first Oakland game in Oakland recently? I did, yes. Uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it'll be two weeks on Friday. I was there on the, uh, was that the uh, 28th okay. uh, for the game with the Reds. And uh, it was an awesome experience. Um, it's just, I, I've been to a few ballparks. I've been in Canyon Yards, uh, Turner Field in Atlanta, and up to uh, Citizens Bank in Philly. And uh, they just don't have the same vibe. There was like a realness to the Coliseum. Um, and then, you know, we had our seats down uh, behind the A's dugout. We were like right up against the dugout. Uh, all the fans sitting around us were really cool. Uh, friendly spoke. Um, you just don't get that feeling with other fan bases around the league, uh, from what I've seen in my experience. And uh, yeah, it was just it was an amazing uh, trip. So Dave and John, if you're listening, Michael went to one of your games. They had six thousand four hundred and twenty-three people in it, and still said it was one of the best baseball experiences he's had. I mean, if that doesn't tell you why you should stay in Oakland, I don't know what does. Because I mean, I've been there when it's sold out over capacity, you know, when they had to take the tarps off and sell it out like a football yard. And it's unbelievable there, you know. So at, at, at less than 7,000 that you still enjoyed it and had a good time with the fans and everything. This is everything you know about, you know, Oakland baseball. I don't think you're going to get that experience in Vegas because it's going to be a bunch of people who got their tickets from free for sitting in a timeshare seminar. It's a unique experience due to the Coliseum, man. I mean, it's 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 such a diverse uh, group of people, man. And you just meet some really some real some real people, man. You know, and it's just it's I, I can't explain. You know, I my, in my family, man, my cousins uh, have been going since since opening day, nineteen sixty eight. I have cousins that have gone. Okay, since opening day, she just told me that they lit, everyone lit candles that night. Okay, fifty thousand strong. 1968 opening day opening night and everyone lit a candle and he said and she said i'll never forget that she's been a season ticket holder since then her family has her father before her now her and and now and this year was the first year man she did not renew 
I know a lot of they, people that didn't renew this year. Yeah, they did. They they tried to raise the freaking prices on her. A loyal ticket holder. You guys know these stories, man. But this one, you know, is really close to me, man. It's my cousin, and I just I couldn't believe it. And now she goes to like three games a year, and she'll buy the tickets, you know, day of game, mm-hmm. and go try to find her favorite seat, which she used to sit in. You know, it's just it's terrible what they've done, man. So yes, they, does he need to get out? Yeah. Is he gonna is he gonna be forced out? Keep the pressure on him. But, you know, as we know, and I think Stu was, you know, going like this, because the fact is, is that the other owners have to agree. And that's the that's that's the hardest part, man. That's the hardest part. It's a fraternity. And, um, you know, um, if you ain't in it, you ain't in it. (laughs) Yeah, I could see the owners uh, rejecting a relocation vote before I see them pushing him out. Mm. You know, that's a good point, Tony. I wonder how the ownership groups of the Diamondbacks, Padres, Angels, and Dodgers feel about this Northern California team possibly uh, going to Southern Nevada. I wonder how the other, how the Padres and Dodgers feel about leaving all of Northern California to the Giants. Um, But on the other hand, they don't take votes unless they know the outcome. There'll be pressure put on behind the scenes. And it is like, like Chad said, it's a fraternity and they're going to vote in lockstep. But I just wonder if I'd love to be a fly on a wall in some of these meeting rooms across the country. Um, They can't be super happy with, Oh, we're going to waive the relocation fee and have them come in to at least partially divvy up some of your territory and take some of your customers away. And not only are they taking the, or they, they're losing a relocation fee, but they're also taking a potential expansion market right off of the table. So that's a potential two and a half billion dollars, you know, their share of that money that's just out the window. Now we're hoping that Nashville or Montreal gets a team, but Vegas was right there. You know, that was probably the top contender uh, at least for, you know, of uh, uh, their MLB's hopes. Who knows if it would have panned out? But yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know. The whole thing with the market for the Giants is I really can't see. There has to be some kind of back room deal with MLB for them to convince the Dodgers in particular or the Padres, but you know, the Giants' actual division rivals for them to convince them, you know what? We're going to put another team closer to you than they are now. The A's would be a little bit closer to L.A. than they are currently. We're going to put them closer to you. And uh, we're also going to give the Giants this whole, the biggest unshared market in the country, which is going to drive their revenue up. So now the Dodgers are going to have to start you know, uh, spending more money to keep up with what the Giants will be able to do. It's this, this, the Giants are the only ones that benefit from this Vegas deal, really, unless there's some backroom deal going on that's going to convince those four or five owners, like you you mentioned specifically, about going into this. And there's also the fact that uh, the commissioner, I'm almost positive I read this months ago, is not going to change the territorial rights of any of them, which means that the A's will be in a market in Vegas that they're going to share with the Diamondbacks and all those teams. If you look at the territory map, all those teams right now have Southern Nevada. And that's apparently going to stay the case. So the A's are going to go from 
the sixth largest market and have to split it in half to the 40th largest market and have to split it five ways. And, and the only team that's going to come out of this on top is in San Francisco. I just don't see how you're going to get those five owners. And then by default, if everybody on the West Coast starts spending more money because the Giants have all this extra revenue, then that means the teams on the East Coast are going to have to start rate. So all of a sudden, this this move could potentially affect the spending habits of every team in the league, you know, just to be competitive with this massive market juggernaut that the Giants could become. So like the A's could be the only thing that, that keeps that in check. You know, they may not have the draw right now that the Giants have, but they have enough of a draw to keep the Giants from being the only game in town, you know? How many A's fans do you think would, say if they ended up leaving, which I don't think they are, but I mean, say they do. But how many A's fans are going to cross the bridge and go into San Francisco on a continual basis? Well, none of them, because they all—they will all blame, it. and rightfully, they'll all blame San Francisco for yes. doing this. If San Francisco mm-hmm. just would have let them have San Jose, this would have been done a decade ago. Yeah, well, the Giants have a lot of blame to be here for why they, for the A's position. Okay, they do. Um, and I've, you know, and I know I've, I've worked with, I've worked with Giants official and, and I, you know, I, I, I go to the park and stuff like that when I'm in town. Um, but you know, it's the, the Giants have a lot of blame obviously for, for the ace situation right now. They, the territorial rights situation, uh, was terrible. Um, even though I don't really think the ace should belong at Fremont, but that's just me. Um, but the point is, is that, you know, that, uh, um, the, uh, the Giants have a lot to blame here. I don't think a lot of A's fans would go to across the bridge, you know, especially now with the way uh, the world is. And um, I don't know. I get the feel, man. I was there in February uh, with my family and everything for a couple of weeks. And and uh, I said, hey, man, I'm flying into San Francisco, man. Let's get some dinner, you know, before. And then and, and you know, most of my family lives in East Bay um, and up in Sacramento. And they're like, well, we'll wait for you to come. Uh, uh, we don't really want to go to San Francisco. <laughs> and I'm like, the the thing thinking, is, though, is that yeah. MLB does not care about the fans. If they could, True. if they could do this without having a single fan in the building, they would do it in a heartbeat. If they could make the same amount of money, the problem is, is that it's not whether or not the A's fans will travel to San Francisco. It's whether the East Bay corporations that that do their that do their corporate parties or whatever in an A suite or buy, you know, an advertisement and all mm-hmm. that stuff, all of that will go to San Francisco. If right. there's no other right. game in town, it's all going to San Francisco. And that's what they're more concerned about because we don't spend enough money to really make that much of a difference. The gate means nothing to them, which is again, why I don't know how Vegas is really going to work uh, because you've got nothing but gate at that point, you know, it's, Whatever, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that they're factoring the fans at all. They they don't care if a single fan moves over to San Francisco. Yeah, I was just I was just elaborating on the point that you that the Giants would have everything um, in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, but your point about the corporate sponsorships and um, and uh, just all the all the spon- you know the sponsors that would move across the bay would definitely do that. Yeah, but the people would not. No, the people would not. Stu, would you guys even follow them on television or would you just be done with baseball or just pick a whole nother team? You know, that's a great question. And one that I've been asked a few times since this all came about and it'd be, it's really easy to say, Oh hell no, I'd be done. But honestly, I don't know. 
I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I like to follow the, um, the younger players. I'm a, um, I think a lot of people know I'm a high school baseball coach in Northern California. So I've, I've seen, I coached against Daniel Susak. I've uh, seen, uh, we were scouting for the playoffs. We went and saw um, uh, Tyler Soderstrom play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would probably want to follow those guys and the other guys, I've, the names I've gotten to know, Lawrence Butler and, and Danzel Clark and the rest of them. So I would probably want to follow them. Um, we have a former Vacaville High School Bulldog that's a major league pitcher now, so I, I might go for the Dodgers since he's uh, a Los Angeles Dodger. I don't, I don't still know. I, I sure won't be driving down to Vegas or flying into Vegas to watch him play. Um, I don't know. I, I and I definitely, definitely, absolutely will not ever, ever be a Giants fan. There's not not one chance on earth. Not not no, no way. I if the, I hope there's never another Loma Prieta earthquake. But if there is, if it's centered at, at at third and King on an off day, that would be fine with me. <laughs> it's like as much I, I, as being an A's fan is ingrained in me deep in my soul. Not being a Giants fan is also just as equally ingrained. You know? <laughs> Screw those guys, man. Absolutely. Uh. Hell no. I mean, they are more culpable here than John Fisher is. This is their wet dream. Oh, and they've been financing some of the opposition too. And that can't be that, that we talked about it last week, I think, about the irony of them coming out with their statements saying, oh, we'd miss the A's if they weren't here. And it's like, BS, you've been trying to get them out since the day you opened the, the new park. No question about it. it yeah, there, there's no way. I I've turned down free tickets to the Giants games. Not a chance. Yeah. Um. I I, I think I would probably follow them at least initially. That the A should they move? I just don't think they're moving. But I, initially I would, and then it would it would wear off. And I think I'll always be a baseball fan. I'm from a baseball family. You don't not do that. I'm 60 years old. I've been a baseball fan since before I can remember what baseball was. Right. And I'm always going to be a baseball fan. I just, what a bummer. Basically. I think personally, it'll be tough if they move um, to not follow them because I also think that, and this is just this based on nothing, but my own thoughts that if Fisher was to get a deal Tomorrow, the day after shovels hit the dirt, he put the team on the market because that's going to be peak value. Because if if they people are saying, oh, within five or ten years he'd sell it, by ten years they're going to be in the same spot they're in now, where they're drawing five thousand people on a Tuesday night because he's not he's putting up a minor league roster out there, you know. So the, his best his peak value on this is going to be we have a spot, it's being built. The money's all taken care of. Let's sell the team before he, because he's he can only diminish the value, and it, it diminish the value. It'll still be worth two billion dollars or more, you know. But but it's it's going to be people will be buying into something that they can go. I can buy now and start building up the farm system and have a good team in five years, where that's maybe not the case five ten years down the road. And you've seen that 
Vegas is falling apart. Well, MLB is not. I mean, if 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 they are going to allow the A's to go to Vegas, man, MLB is not. They're going to have another owner in place before they get there. I would think. You know, they they would want to know who is going to own this team instead of allowing Fisher to go down there mm-hmm. and then letting him use that as leverage um, to get another owner and to jack up the price, which maybe then is distributed to the rest of the owners in lieu of a relocation fee. Ah, so there, uh, you know, there, so there, there might be some, uh, you might, there, you might be onto something there because the owners are going to get their payday. Mm-hmm. They're going to get it. It's too much money time. not to, not to want a yep. piece of. Yep. Yep. Yeah, That's I a don't great know. comment right there. <laughs> Timothy says, oh, and Timothy, uh, I just want you, I hope you're listening on headphones. How you doing, bud? Um, John Fisher is the reason Marcus Simeon just hit a solo against us. Yeah. yeah Marcus that's, Simeon. Man. That's fitting. Okay. Yep. Marcus Simeon not being a lifetime A, it just sticks in my cross so bad. If they were going to commit to any player, it, a local guy went to Cal. They traded for him before – his talent hit. He worked his ass off, became upper echelon major league player, and then they insulted him with the ridiculous contract offer. That's when I knew that it was all bad. Yeah. He should yeah, it's, be, it's just hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. I mean that's someone you could build around. Um, you know, a steady, steady player, good guy. Um, Take all know. that out of it. Great in the community. Yeah. Um, um, but just the whole fact he grew up he, minutes from the Coliseum. He, it's just boggles my mind that that guy is not a lifetime A. Yeah. But then it boggles my mind that we're saddled with the. Very worst ownership. We've had terrible owners, with the exception of the Haas family, with the exception of Charlie Finley until free agency came. We haven't had any good owners. We've had terrible ownership situation. But somehow John Fisher is the worst of the worst. It's just incredible. How did this happen to us? Well, I think the the previous owners that were not great – and I'm thinking more recent, like the shots and, and stuff like that. It it didn't seem like it was because they didn't know how to do it or that they had no interest in doing it. You know, shot always seemed to me like, like he wanted it to be better, but he was strapped, you know? And with Fisher, it just seems like I want to get as much as I can for as little as I have to put in. You know, it just feels different with him. And it's like, there's bad ownership and then there's, like one of you said earlier, there's just completely inept ownership. And I don't think we've really had an inept owner until John Fisher. So what's the, what's the, what's the end all here? What, what are you guys thinking? I mean, you know, I can see, I can see them. I mean, the, what we want is for them to be putting a bad, putting a rock in a hard place. Vegas doesn't want them. And then now they have to sell. Okay. The owners are saying, Hey, this embarrassing situation has been going on too long. And now we get a lot of bad press, this and that. 
But I mean, what realistically, Tony? I mean, what do you think is gonna? Where, where do you think this is uh, headed? I mean, uh, you think it's headed headed down south, or do you think um, that you know, with with everything that's going on, with what you've seen in Oakland now, what's the vibe like in Oakland? What uh, in Oakland in the Bay Area about wanting to keep the A's? What's the vibe like? I have no idea anymore. I, I think among A's fans, the vibe is just there's there's a certain segment that are just defeated because this is all coming also on the, you know, during a historically bad season. Um, you know, when you look at the numbers on the field and you're like, wow, we could really beat the Philadelphia A's as the worst yes. team in, in baseball history. You know? yes. um, so yes. there's that. It's just like one thing after another. It's like, you know, over the last couple seasons, really, you know, with with the trade, the player trades and Fosse passing away and this move stuff and the parallel paths and all of this is just mounting up where I think there's a certain segment that are just defeated and, yeah. and just, I don't even care anymore. There's a certain group that are still hopeful. There's a, a huge group that's just pissed. And I think that group is probably obviously the most vocal right now. It's the only reason I started this thing. You know, that's, that's the group that's getting all the noise and the attention right now. And they're starting to get uh, attention nationally and importantly in Las Vegas you know, there, there's Vegas is starting to cover this as a news story, uh, as a negative news story. The whole national narrative has shifted from look how stupid A's fans are. They don't even show up to games to all of a sudden it's now clearly Fisher's fault. And that happened virtually overnight. Um, but I don't know that there's a lot of hope. I think there's some optimism. I'm optimistic that it'll still get done in, in Oakland. I'm not real hopeful it'll get done in Oakland. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know where I stand on it because tomorrow Cavill could come out and say, we're just going to build on the current site. And, and that's our binding deal, you know, because you can't take anything they say at any kind of value or any kind of trustworthiness at this point. You know, he took all the goodwill Cavill got when he came in for all of us A's fans who didn't know his history with the earthquakes, because every earthquakes fan warned us when he came in and a lot of us, myself included, ignored it. And like, I don't know. This guy seems all right. Rooted in Oakland, treehouse, open office hours. This guy seems okay. Um, all of us that got fooled by that are kind of catching up now. And so that anger's mounting. But all that goodwill he got from us is just gone. He squandered it. And I, I've said this a thousand times on this thing and on, and on the stuff that I've written. If you can't turn that kind of goodwill and the nostalgia of a baseball team into immense profits. You don't deserve to be anywhere near front office of a baseball team. You know, if you can't, if you cannot um, use that to your own benefit and to your own gain, you are horrible for this team because any one of us, the four of us here would be able to market nostalgia and goodwill and all that kind of stuff. And we'd be rolling in the money. And this whole stadium deal would be a you know a non a non issue, but they've blown it from every aspect in that regards. So I'm uh, 40 minutes from the Coliseum, right, sitting here in my kitchen, and um, I'm in firmly in two of Tony's three groups. I'm somewhat optimistic that the A's will remain in Oakland. Again, because I don't think these ham-fisted morons can pull off a stadium deal. And I'm also in that vast group of just being freaking pissed. And I get that when I go – I'll go to one game this weekend, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday, 
And there's going to, there's people are pissed, sad, disappointed, maybe in the denial stage of grief. I don't know, but pissed. And how I'm could gonna, you not be? I mean, how could you not we, be, Stu? How I mean, could you not be? We've the been lying on the field. Years. The product on the field is pathetic, man. I'm I, sorry. I don't even care. You know what? Honestly, I don't care about that because we've, as A's fans, we've all gone through these cycles, right? Up, down, build, tear down, rebuild. I mean, that goes back, again, I'm 60, so, I mean, I've seen them get rid of Reggie Jackson, Vita Blue, Ricky Henry. Name every great A. I've seen them all leave. There's no lifetime A's. I don't even really care. Hell, 1979 was one of my favorite seasons. I was a teenager running around grabbing foul balls everywhere because there was 800 people in the stands. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember. Yes. We had a, I remember we had that. a blast, you know, but I'm, I'm pissed because I, I don't lie to me. Don't lie. It's, oh, we're rooted in Oakland. No, it, that, that's a, that's like that's like shameful, man. That's shameful. It's awful. Shameful. It it it, it it's is. And it does it's, make you feel like shit. You know, I haven't been I haven't lived there a few years, but you know, I I go up there for playoff games, see my brother and all that kind of stuff, and we go to games. And uh, man, dude, it's it is it's it's like it's like a knife in the heart all the time. It's like twisting it all the time. It's like how much pain can you take, right? Like how much pain as an A's fan can you take? That's how I felt. That's how I feel. Um, for lifelong A's fans, for, you know, for, for, uh, um, for diehards, man, that just, you know, um, just have been watching the A's for so many years, like myself, like, like the guys on this panel here, um, you know, um, and so it's just, it's just, it's just horrible, man. It's like, I don't, I won't go to a game this year. I don't see myself going to a game this year. Um, even when I get up there in September, uh, I mean, well, maybe if they're going to be close to breaking the record for most losses, I might go there. That well, that's the thing. I said that last week. It's like I'm to the point with the on-field product that it's like if we're going to be bad, let's be let's be historically bad. Uh, Timothy in the chat said a charter member of MLB should not be mired in this much obscurity. Unless I'm wrong, Cubs went close to a century without a World Series ring, and their future in Chicago was never in doubt. It's a good point. Mm. 510 Bobbles says if the A's could ever come back to the table in Oakland, I think at the very least the A's would want Cavill out. I think that might be uh, almost a, not an official requisite, but almost a requisite to actually getting a deal done in Oakland is that they're dealing with a different group of people. And maybe not necessarily Fisher, but like I want to deal. I'm not doc talking to him anymore. You send another representative for the team. And then, uh, uh oh. So uh, Jacqueline Fox Five, who I've I'm actually been chatting with, um, says apparently a bill coming in 24 hours, 12 acres at the Trop, emphasizing flagship MLB store with all teams. Renderings exist. I saw renderings of San Jose. I saw renderings of Uptown. I saw renderings of uh, of uh, Fremont. I saw renderings of the Peralta site. I saw renderings of Howard Terminal. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I the, mean, one, does... the one caveat I would say for that is that it is Vegas. Okay. So I, I as an object I'm looking at it objectively, it is Vegas and things can happen very fast in Vegas. Um, there's not very many things that can't be done in Vegas. Um right. so that is what you know, that is why they're leveraging Vegas and 
and um, and that's why until you know special sessions and all this kind of stuff. So that is that that is that is the wild card against them um, having to stay in Oakland because Vegas. she she reported this eleven minutes ago. And the thing that gets me that's me is MLB anchor store planned with gear for all teams. You know, they know so, that the, they know that the A's aren't a draw. Yeah, no. so they're already so now it sound that sounds to me like another subsidy, but this one coming from MLB. We'll pay five hundred million to put a store there. That's you know, that's not what it's really gonna cost to put a store that they'll they'll put in a bunch of money, they'll overpay for this mm-hmm. flagship store so that they've got a product they can sell to everybody because, like you said, they can't sell the A's to everybody. And then that'll that'll help seal the deal, you know, and bridge any financial gaps. The owners are going to get paid one way or another, Tony. Yeah. That's it. You know, they, 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 don't, they don't take a relocation fee. That's a lot of money. They're going to get paid one way or another. And that's just, that's just business. That's their, that's their business, period. So... Um, that's an interesting, that's an interesting uh, thing to come up on. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many, like Stu was saying, man, so many different, I mean, in the past week, we've heard three now that's three, right? I mean, you've got the, you've got the, uh, um, I can't remember the name of it. You have the Tropicana where they're at, where they're talking about now, but across the street. Um, and then, and now they're doing the flagship and they only had nine acres. Now they got 12. I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it's yeah. it's a little tiring, but at the same time, man, you know, I just I feel for all the A's fans out there, man. I see my brother in the chat, dude. What's up, bro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they got he, they gained three acres just since yesterday. So that's, yeah, right. That's pretty good, that's man. Good. All right, man, we'll see what happens on Monday, man. I mean, you got a few days in between, you know. So, um, but um, you know, it's uh, it's 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 a it's an evolving situation, let's say. And uh, but you know, it all comes back down to you know, can. Fisher, Caval, and their team get this to the finish line. We'll see. I don't have faith in that. I don't have faith in that. It's a, it's a heavy lift. And like I said, I wrote a thing a couple of weeks ago, and I said, if it does get to the finish line, even if it gets to the finish line in Oakland, Cavill doesn't deserve any of the credit for it. No. You know, because it's like, oh, you screwed up. It took you three years longer than it probably should have. And, you know, and, and, you know, people talk about how this is a, a this has been going on for decades or whatever, but they've really only been looking in Vegas or in Vegas in Oakland for five years, and two of those were COVID years that not not really much development happened. You know, it's like prior to Cavill coming in, it was Fremont or bust, San Jose or bust. You know, uh, I think Portland was floated out there for a moment, like they were not seriously looking at Oakland under the Lou Wolf reign. Um, Tony, they've busted so many times. Coliseum City thing that they had proposed was another rendering that we've all seen that didn't materialize in anything. They've busted so many times that Vegas seems appropriate, man. (laughs) (laughs) And just like as always, I think the casinos are going to win. Oh, you know, they might see a benefit from it, but it's not going to be the A's that are seeing a benefit from it. Uh, We got. Mark here in the chat saying Sonny Gray leading MLB and ERA, Matt Chapman and Sean Murphy top five in OPS and no elite prospects in return for any of them. Man, that's terrible. Man. And those guys, if the, if, if John Fisher would spend even a dime more, we could have kept off. I mean, not that I wanted to keep Sonny Gray when they traded him. He might be good now, but I was okay with the trade at the time. Um, 
but Chapman and Murphy and and, and Olsen. Matt Olson oh. and Simeon and all those guys, Damn. they could have they could have found the money if they wanted to. Those but guys, they, they are didn't want cornerstones, to. cornerstones. All three. Those. I mean, you got first, third, and catcher covered for how many years, man? You don't yeah. think we'd have a uh, playoff contender with Murphy behind the plate, Olson and Chapman on the corners, um, Simeon at shortstop. Outfield of uh, Canna and Loriano and uh, Starley Marte, let's say. Heck, we could even carry Tony Kemp's bat and play second base with that lineup. Um, with you know, all the Bassett and uh, Lazardo, uh, Sonny Gray on the bump, we'd be, a, we'd be a contender. We wouldn't be flirting with 130 losses. I mean, they were a contender three years in a row, you know, and yeah, with, right. with base, yeah. basically that core. And all those guys still under a contract, you know, under arbitration, but still, you know, they could have kept them and, and maybe a couple tweaks here and there, you know, uh, uh, one, one good arm in the bullpen could have made all the difference, you know, but instead they blew the whole thing up. I mean, the first thing- all the former players are speaking out the way Chris Bassett has spoken out, um, how disappoint that you could read the disappointment. You could hear it. If we just would have had, you know, one or two more guys could have won it all. Yeah. And there's no doubt it, it's a missed opportunity. And um, it's just so disappointing. Also shout out to Samuel Vegas. Thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that in the chat. He, he also said, and I don't know, we shouldn't even be talking to a guy named Vegas, but whatever. He's, ah. he's, put, he's had some good comments in here. He says, "How do you guys feel about Billy Bean now?" I've wondered where he's been. It's funny he's been on. He's been as silent as Fisher. I think. Uh, I was gonna say. I think his focus has been on soccer more than anything, yep. and, and he's really get, given the reins to David Forrest. Um, I think through all of this, I think Fisher would have been an embarrassment fifteen years ago if Billy Bean and, and Forrest didn't make him look like a genius this whole time. You know, if if, if, if if yeah. they were fielding teams like this year the whole time, instead of getting oh. guys like Chapman and Olsen and Simeon and stuff, if they were fielding this team in 2012, it'd be a totally yeah. different narrative right now. They and have drafting those butt. guys, hmm? drafting those guys, dude. yeah, Chapman, yeah, Olsen, those were system guys, Murphy. those are system guys, dude. That's really hard to do, man. That's really hard to do. And when you hit on that many, Sonny Gray. Um, you know, Bat no Bassett was traded for. Um, but um, you know, the point is is that man, yeah, no, they wouldn't he wouldn't be getting away with what he got away with, man. Uh what he's done. And now it's all coming to roost. So we're coming to it, we're coming to a climax, right? I mean, this feels like something's gonna happen. Um uh either they go down to Vegas or somehow um somehow that you know uh the the pressure gets too much. Um he doesn't have enough, you know, he, he can't write a check big enough to cover what he needs to cover and he has to sell the team. I see that as a very slim chance, but it's still, you know, an opportunity um, if this doesn't work out um, down in Vegas for sure, you know, and there'd be, and there'd be a couple guys, as we know, Lake up is right there. Uh, there'd be a couple guys, you know, very interested in, 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 in uh, doing some business in, like you said, a huge market huge market dude you got all the way up northern california man i mean how many people are living up there there's so many so many fans like he said Stu, that are just fucking 
excuse my language, are just <laughs> pissed, angry. Uh-huh. And just, yeah. what, what have you done to this team? And they would come back. Oh, absolutely. So here's a thought exercise for you. Because there are not just Joe Lacob, and I think most A's fans would turn cartwheels if he were to become the A's owner. But there's lots and lots of very, very rich people in the Bay Area that believe this is a viable two-team market. So here's a thought exercise. What if the A's, what if there is a Las Vegas A's? Would Oakland be a viable expansion candidate? No, no. Or would San Jose be a, a viable expansion candidate? I think the closest you would get is maybe Sacramento. Because San Jose, you're going to run into the same problems that the A's did, where the Giants aren't going to cede that territorial right. Sacramento, you can make the argument, you've got Sacramento, you've got the whole Central Valley, that's in the same television market, right? Modesto watches Sacramento TV. Plus, you've got a proximity to the North Bay. You've got, you know, not a horrible drive from the East Bay. Um, I think that would be the better shot. And I always thought that should have been their parallel path, is we're either going to build in Oakland or we're going to build pretty close to Oakland you know, as close as we can get and make it make sense. Um, but I think um, I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. I said that the MLB would have to expand to 40 before Oakland's ever on that list because the John Fisher has just spent two decades telling you it's not a, a viable uh, place. And then he had to move because Oakland couldn't get the job done, you know? And so that's going to scare people uh, that, that have the money to do that. Why would you invest in that? If you've seen nothing but failure from that area, I think Sacramento would be the closest. Unless you're unless you are already an owner of a successful franchise in the Bay Area, like the owner of the Warriors, or and or if you're someone with the wherewithal and inside connections and you're a local Oakland product like a Dave Stewart, um, that can put together a consortium of moneyed people, because we all know. Money talks. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't shock me if the A's left if there was, in short order, an Oakland Oaks. Yeah. And I think Oakland could get behind that. I don't think Dave Stewart's going to be the one because he's talked previously. I mean, he does own he does own half of the Coliseum site right now, but he has talked before that his, his focus is more on expanding the Tennessee. But – uh I mean, Lacob, I think, could probably get it done quickest because he's got a track record, because he can drum up the money. You know, a Lacob-led ownership group could probably get it done quicker, but I don't I don't think it would be MLB's top priority. I'm interested to hear, Michael, you're out there in Virginia. What's the yeah. feel about, like, Oakland, like, from a different perspective, from a person that doesn't live in the area? Like, um, you know, what, what is your feel about, say, the A's left? Is it a viable market for baseball? I mean, just based on its size, I would say it's still, it's still viable. Um, it's just having, having that money, having that ownership group that's willing to take another chance on it. Um, and the last time a chance was taken on it with the A's was, what, 68? Yeah, it would just take it would take uh, it would take a strong ownership group um, to 
to kind of get back there. I'd have to agree. It'd have to be a very strong owner. Yeah. Very strong, very strong, um, like a Joe Lacob. But, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, with all these Vegas rumors coming around, man, and, and everything, it's just, um, you know, it, it does get a little tiresome, right? It oh, does yeah. get a little tiresome. Um, and I just, I, I feel for, I feel for, I feel for the, the, the born and bred A's fan, the blue collar guy, um, the local baseball coachman, um, you know, um, Tony, you, I've looked up your history a little bit, man. You're, you're very, very indebted. You're very, uh, in the seams of the community, man, you know, and, and it's just, it's very, it's very hard to watch what has been done to this team man. the one I used to skip school and jump on BART to go for the Wednesday, Wednesday day businessman special, right. Or whatever it was called, you know, and, and, uh, get in for five bucks. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's really hard to see men. Um, and I hope one or two things happen. I want it, I want a conclusion to this. I want an ending to it. All right. Mm-hmm. I want to finish. I want, I want something solid because Fisher and Cobble, all they give you is liquid, man. Nothing solid, nothing solid. And uh, number two, man, if they if they can't get it done in Vegas, man, give me someone who can get it done in Oakland. Yeah, I mean, something will have to push will have to come to shove because they're going to be homeless in a couple of years. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> what's that, that going to look like? Yeah. I mean, you know, Oakland's got leverage on them and say, yeah, go go down and play in your little aviator stadium, dude. We're not, mm-hmm. we don't want you here. <laughs> Does anyone else have any more thoughts they want to share before we wrap this up? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say like. My my feeling on it right now is about 60-40 that they do, in fact, move. Um, I mean, just we don't know what the bill says, you know, whatever they introduce. Uh, we don't know what's been slipped in there. Um, I mean, it's, it's real easy to speak a legislator. <laughs> and every move they've made since the announcement has, been, has done nothing but scare me from a political aspect. Um, so I can only imagine what's going through the minds of people who have to put their name on a vote um, to give all this money to a couple guys that just can't run a business right. Yeah. Plus, and like I said earlier, the Raiders only be, they only got it by one vote. So you don't even need to really spook. If everybody that was against the Raiders is against the A's getting this money, you only got to spook one person out of the rest, you know? Yep. 60 40 is probably good. I was probably closer to 50 50 before I heard that they actually have a bill drafted. Now they haven't presented it to anybody. It's just a draft. We haven't actually seen the renderings and we know they'll lie to your face. Uh, This reporter, I've been talking to her a little bit today and we're going to have a phone call soon, but um, you know, I just showed you a clip where he lied to one of her colleagues. He lied to my face in our interview last year so you can't really take anything. He will tell you what you need to hear or what he thinks you need to hear to get him leveraged somewhere else. So until I actually see the renderings and see a bill in front of uh, this, the Nevada leg- legislature, uh, I'm still skeptical. But I mean, they're not they knew how to do this in California, right? They had all the legislation done three years ago in California. So why they're waiting till the last three or four weeks in Nevada is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, just Vegas, you can get stuff done fast. I mean, it's just you know, I never put anything past Vegas, man. Never. 
You know, it's just, it's just, the, it's just the reality of it, man. It is. Um, but I don't trust the, I don't trust <laughs> Fisher and Cabo and their team to freaking, to be able to get it done, to put the right pieces together, man, yeah. to actually make it work. So, I mean, you got, you know, you got opposing forces here, man. So um, it's, it's just, it's just going to be, um, this is going to be theater, some more theater. You know, the bill will have something in it that we weren't expecting, or it won't even show up at legislation and have to do a special session. And uh, and we can have, and you can have plenty of uh, plenty of uh, episodes, Tony. In the meantime, man. Yeah, and <laughs> if they know? start dig, if they start digging in Vegas, this will just turn into a bitch fest, and we'll just, <laughs> Ooh, we, we won't yeah. have we won't have anything to speculate over. We'll just complain. There you go. There you go, man. Um, one final thing from E in the chat. They'll cause so much traffic, they'll get run out of town, be back here in a tight 15 years. I actually thought about that today. Yeah. That, that oh, the man. Yeah. No, I thought about that earlier today because I was looking, I'm, I was talking to people who actually live near the strip and they were all saying the same thing, that that is a horrible place as it is now without a stadium on it. As far as that section of the strip and getting there and public transit and parking and the ingress and egress that was so important to Cavill. And I actually thought about that. I'm like, what if this gets done and it's such an epic failure that they are out of there and then they'll just they'll they'll come back home and it'll be a whole homecoming celebration thing, you know, in in a few years. Like the Raiders to LA. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ah. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 You could see that, man. You could see that, but it, they, they're going to need some time away from each other. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Any last hey, thoughts, Stu? Yeah. I just want to remind everyone, please come out to the Coliseum on Tuesday, June 13th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're right. having a reverse boycott that night and it's going to be an epic fun time under no delusions that this is going to create some epiphany for John Fisher to stay in Oakland. But what it is going to be is it's going to be a bash and we're going to have a great time. And um, who knows, maybe we can show major league baseball and the owners that it's not the fans fault. That's kind of the goal. And, and if you have time to get one of those cell shirts, get one of those and wear that and bring your bed sheets with the, the signs printed on them and all that. And uh, oh, man. there's also a protest tomorrow where you can hang out in the parking lot and throw, Tomatoes Rotten at a tomatoes. John Fisher cutoff cutout. So <laughs> there's plenty of opportunities for you to be uh, angry in a good group to be angry with, you know. And 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 if this is the end, then maybe you just want to have one more trip to the Coliseum anyway. You know, that's the one last thing is if this is it, and the 81st home game this year is it. I hope I'll. I'll I hope we all get to go, but I hope everyone keeps it sane and safe because I can yeah. see it going bad real easily. And with that, I'm going to sign us off. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and uh, you can follow me all on, on herohabit.com where I'm writing stuff seems like every day now about this whole thing and um, give all these guys a follow on their Twitters and I will see you next week, if not earlier. I've got a couple one-on-ones that I might be doing before then. So make sure you subscribe to this so you don't miss all that. Thank you, gentlemen. And um, Tony, thanks for having me. Thank you. I'll see you all next week. Adios, man. Go A's. Go A's. Go A's.